The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Show you this rail of sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, you all know that I was absent from the studio last week uh, because, of course, I was in travel. And I'm sure it's not a mystery to many of you out there that are listening to the show that listen on a consistent basis uh, what type of traveling I was doing. And I had traveled to the shoe. That's right. Got a chance, uh, me and my daughter, to, uh, of course, be present uh, there at The Ohio State University. Of course, my, my stay extended a little bit, which uh, did not allow me to be in the studios last week for the show live. But I want you to know that I am bringing all the energy and, and all the enthusiasm for probably one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. You know, it, it, it changes. There are games that are so exciting. Uh, a lot of times it depends upon what's at stake. You always have to think about what's at stake, but it was just, it was a great performance. Of course, I was rooting for the Ohio State University Buckeyes, and uh, of course we won the game. Uh, There's always something to be said after a football game is over with, one way or the other. If you lose, you're going to complain about something. Uh, If if you win, you're going to be happy. It's just the way things turn out. There are some people that say there were a couple controversial plays. You know, for those people who have played the game, hell, as a defensive lineman, there's holding on every play. Uh, as an offensive lineman, you know, a defensive lineman is doing something to him illegally every, every play. Uh, you got an imperfect game that you're trying to make perfect. It's not going to happen. Uh, hell, I was visiting Cleveland, you know, as a, I guess, a celebration of the 1986 Cleveland Browns team, of which I guess it was our 30. 30th anniversary, something of that nature, is too many for me to count. Uh, but I was reflecting on the fact that the field goal wasn't good in the drive. The field goal wasn't good. Hell, I, I could have had a super, uh, at least an AFC championship ring. But I said it wasn't. The referee said it was. Okay, guess whose opinion counts? Uh, whose perspective in terms of what they see, what they thought they saw, and what I thought I saw? Okay. Uh, so I, I know there's some complaints out there uh, about some people on the call. But the bottom line is this. And, and I, when players, I expect as a former player, when I listen to players provide commentary about a game of which they participated in, first of all, I expect you to step up and, be, and man up and tell the damn truth. And you know, the bottom line is you didn't play well enough to win a football game. Bottom line. 
I'm a referee call. Come on. You didn't play well enough to win a football game. Referees don't win or lose football games. Football players do. I'm one of those guys. I, I'm sorry, but I, I really don't even believe coaches win or lose football games. Now, I will tell you this. Urban Meyer's ass came close to it. I am on the Internet, so I can say that word. He came close to it, fumbling around, trying to get a call in at, towards the end of the game. <laughs> Man, uh, talking about nerves coming loose. Ralph, I, I, I never saw Urban as tight as he was. At the end of the game, he and his, his entire staff, they just had a football fart and couldn't get a play in. Damn near cost us the game. There are emotions on in the game, but the bottom line, the people who are in the most control, you know, it, it's one of these things where it's hard to really think about what's really going on in a player's mind. There are so many times, I, I was thinking about, you know, I was there at, at the stadium and I was thinking about, you know, my last year's there, the seniors came out, they ran out. I don't think we even did that. Uh, we did it in practice, you know, one day during the week. Woody came to visit us because obviously he was gone. And we had a, I think we had a tackle. We tackled a dummy or something like that. But I, I thought about just the nerves as I was out there on the field with the guys prior to the game starting. And, you know, I, I wasn't nervous. I was, my adrenaline was going. I was, I was pounding the fist. I was ready to go. Had a couple, you know, young fellas out there playing that, uh, that I'm familiar with. And, and on my side of the ball, so I was happy. Happy for them, happy for their parents, happy for my daughter. And I felt like I could play. And then I tried to think back to when I did play. And I can't remember my whole senior year. I cannot remember one time as a captain walking out for the toss and what that felt like. Not one time. Is that important to a game? Well, a little bit, you know, but, but, but I didn't remember that. But there were other things that happened to me in that stadium that I, I recalled. But I just, I guess I just want you folks to know, listen, for all of you out there who are mad at referees, all, the, all of you out there who are mad at coaches about how plays don't turn out, players play football. Coaches call plays. Bottom line, coaches call plays, players play football. And when the players don't play football well, the plays don't work. You can call what you want to call, and your team doesn't win. And some of that is going on in the National Football League. Certainly went on last night. But, again, I just want to talk to you a little bit about that, about the fact, again, the Ohio State University has, uh, has uh, been chosen to play in the Fiesta Bowl, which brings me to something I'd like to talk to you about. They will be playing Clemson. Do I have memories about Clemson? Now I can go way back to those memories. <laughs> and uh, I do have memories about Clemson. I, of course, I, I'll never forget that they're probably one of the greatest coaches, certainly in my mind, probably the best coach I had because he prepared me in college for the next level at the professional level. Uh, that was Coach, coach Woody Hayes. Uh, as you all know, Woody, one of the best coaches, my best coach, one of the best coaches ever uh, in college football, had a great career. Woody will not be defined by his mishaps. Woody will be de defined by his success, the way he treated his players, the success of his players, both on and off the field, and what he did to, to bring that university to the highest level of, of honor and recognition of a football program that there is. It continues to this day. Woody is the foundation of the Ohio State University football. And by the way, if you visit the university, I think it's, ooh, 1807, something like that. 
But the university has been called the Ohio State University since it was, since conception. And, and by the way, I think if you, mm, if you look it up, everybody's worried about, well, the, the, why is it the Ohio State? There are other things out there that should be called the as well, according to the way, our, you know, we speak English here. And if, it, if the word following the is a noun that begins with a vowel, then the word the, word the should be pronounced the. So, of course, Ohio starts with a vowel. So, there you got it. The Ohio State University, not the Ohio State University. Anyway, let's go back to Coach Hayes and Ohio State football. Uh, Clemson football, great football too. Uh, of course, uh, we played Clemson in, the, in a bowl game. And um, I, I, actually, I had been out for a long time, dislocated my shoulder. Um, so I, was, I had missed a few games, and I was just coming back for the Clemson game. But I played them in the Gator Bowl. Things didn't work out our way, did not win the game. Clemson did, of course, uh, you know, many people have heard about the story. Some of you too young to know. Some of you actually witnessed it there live in color, and some watched it on television. But uh, Coach Hayes lost his, uh, I can say he lost his damn mind that day, you know, because he was just that pissed off about, again, the lack of production of his football team. His football team did not do their job. And uh, so Woody punched the guy. He, he punched the guy, and so uh, he lost his job. And he told us on the plane he would not be, uh, he said, I will not be your coach next year. And there you have it. And so, of course, uh, that's uh, what a lot of people remember Woody Hayes about, by, by that incident. Of course, he punched some other people, too. Hell, I, he may have. Nope, didn't punch me. I take that back. He did punch me at a high school football game one time. He was in attendance and I was there. He wanted to see if I was in shape is what he told me. But anyway, um, fast forward. We're, we're going to play Clemson in the playoff game. Now, again, let's go to this whole scenario about the Ohio State University being in the playoff picture. We're number two in the country. What can I say? I mean, it was, it was that way before the playoffs started, the, you know, the choosing of the playoffs, we end up number three because when it was all said and done after Clemson had won the ACC championship game, uh, they moved Clemson up to number three. Ohio State fell to, I mean, the number two, we fell to number three. I really think a lot of that had to do with the fact that perhaps maybe, mm, I don't know, maybe they wanted the one to play the four like they did. And they wanted the two and three to play each other. Well, either way, if they two and three would have stayed the way they were, it would still have been us and Clemson, so we still would have played. So, I don't know, maybe they just, for whatever reason, maybe the performance of Clemson in that game, you know, allowed them to move them to number two. But you know, we will be playing Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that, I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, there's a couple young men, uh, one on each side of the ball. There's a few. I got a couple of fraternity brothers on the Ohio State University. I'm going to see if I can get a couple guys on the show to talk about this game. Uh, it, it feels as if, and we've said this, we being, again, I, I'm not being a homer, I'm an alum of the university. Uh, this is the West Campus of the Ohio State University. Ohio State is here in the West, and it looks like um, there's a lot of us that are already here. Transplants, if you want to call us that. Um, it was the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, the 1980 Fiesta Bowl, either we played in December 80 or January 1, 81, but I think it was December of 80 we played in the Fiesta Bowl uh, against Penn State. Penn State beat us. It's okay to say that. I, I said, you need to man up, so I'm going to man up. They, they won the game. Certainly gave me a chance to see Arizona. 
I loved Arizona, prayed about it. I'm here now. So now when the Buckeyes come, I don't have to travel. It's a home game for me. I'm at home. They travel here. Uh, I believe they're going to be the visitors in the game, though, so they'll probably be wearing the, the, the red or black jerseys, and Clemson may be wearing their orange jerseys, so we may even be able to wear red jerseys. I don't, I don't know. It really doesn't make a difference. Uh, we'll be ready to go. You see we changed it up on, on that team up north a little bit, and whew, you still got it done. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to the Buckeyes traveling, looking forward to the game. I certainly think that it, it'll be it'll be worth your time. It'll be worth your money. Uh, the Buckeyes will will show up. Clemson will show up. It will be a good game. There'll be no blowouts here. It'll be a good game, and uh, of course, I feel very confident that the Ohio State University Buckeyes uh, can win the football game and will win the football game. Uh, I'm not going to predict any score or things like that, but I just know that uh, Urban will have the guys uh, prepared. Uh, they'll come in ready to go. Uh, they'll have a good time. They'll enjoy themselves, but they'll understand that, you know, the time to have a party is after the game. And so it'll, it'll be business. Hopefully I'll get a chance to get out to practice, talk to a couple guys, bring back some information to you here, share with you guys here, and, uh, and we'll chop it up. If you want to give me a call, 888-346-9144. For those of you out there, particularly back there in the OHIO, Give me a call. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I believe I got to take a break. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, it's, it's a good thing that I don't trust everything that you see. You know, sometimes your eyes can play games on you. But this damn clock in here is, like, driving me crazy because I, it's saying something like about five, 520 right now. And I know that's not right. But, uh, you know, that's why you got you got to understand your surroundings and know where you're at. 
got to be in, stay in the game, you know, because you might start thinking it's about five something in the afternoon. But anyway, that was just a little hilarious. Uh, I just teased the guys in the studio. So uh, let me, uh, a little earlier I talked about the fact there was a couple guys out there, and I, I didn't mention any names, but um, I'm going to mention there's the father of two kids uh, on, on different teams that I just so happened to be friends with, you know, obviously long before I knew their children because they're older, they're my age, and uh, one on each team. And so what I'm going to do next week is, uh, either next week or certainly before the game, is I'm going to have uh, both of the parents, uh, both of the fathers on, on the phone. And, and I'd just like to sh- have the opportunity to have them share with you what it's like to be a parent of a student athlete at the highest level. At the level of which the only thing above that is the pinnacle of the of the sport, which is the professional level, and and these are young men. I'm not saying that their 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 sons will play pro football, but these are young men that understand. These are men that understand that their sons, who are or young men, uh, understand that there's something besides sports. We all understand that, but but these guys they they get it, and and I want to talk to the parents because sometimes people vicariously try to live through their kids and 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 so they want things for really themselves but they say they want it for the for their kids and then sometimes you know these parents get into situations where for the first time in their life they're experiencing something that could be overwhelming now what's good about this generation of parents with student athletes is that they've had the chance to see it for themselves and, ex- and experience it on television. It's a, the broadcasting of games has become something that's it's a weekly event. You know, back in the day, your, your team press it was on television a couple times. I think when I was in school, we were assured at least two or three national games. Of course, there was a bowl game. And, and these are some of the things which you consider when you're getting ready to go to school. Of course, there was a bowl game every year. Uh, there was the Michigan game every year. And then we probably going to play somebody else during the year that was going to be a national game. So we knew, I knew, that my mother would be able to see me and my family and friends. Um, my dad rested so in heaven at that time um, and even today. Uh, they would get a chance to watch the games. Now, my mom came to a few games, but you knew for sure three times out of the year you're going to be on national television. Now, Ohio State Clemson, they're on national television just about every week. You know, the dynamics of sports has changed tremendously. The demands of sports, the expectations of sports has changed tremendously. The sport itself now is something that the university, perhaps maybe it was a division of the university and a department that the athletic director ran and maybe they didn't pay much attention to it. Now, it's out front. For those of you who don't know, if you, any major state in the United States, of the 50 states, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that of the 50 states, that in those 50 states, a football or a basketball coach is probably the highest paid individual that's an employee of the state. Just check it out. Now, if it's a private institution, still, just just compare his salary to the highest employee of the state. Of course you know, in case you don't know, let me remind you, yes, football coaches make more than the President of the United States of America, as a matter of fact. It's, it's, It's big business. It's huge business. 
And it's one of those things where you, you really just got to stop and think about what contribution your children are making in, in this thing that they call sports, in this game that they call football. But you want to make sure you enjoy it. You want to enjoy every aspect. I am telling you, there is no doubt in my mind that when I thought about where I wanted to go, I thought about New Year's Day. I thought about New Year's Day because when I was a kid growing up, the biggest event of the year, just about when you tune in in terms of the ratings, the Nielsen ratings, the Rose Bowl Parade. Now, there was two. There was Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then, then there was the Rose Bowl Parade on New Year's Day. Those two parades probably throughout the year, I know we're in the top 10, 15, 20, maybe certainly top 25 viewed broadcast on television. And then right after in the afternoon, certainly on New Year's Day, there were the bowl games. So when you, grew, when you were growing up and you were anticipating the opportunity perhaps maybe to extend your, your playing time in this sport that you love, you wanted to go to college, get an education, and also play on New Year's Day. Or whenever those bowl games were, you wanted to be in it. I got, I got t- t- three, two bowl rings someplace. I've lost them, of course. Somebody, I take that back. Somebody stole one. In case you're listening out here, this is global, across the world. If you got my grandfather's ring, I'm coming after you. Yes, somebody stole my, the ring I gave my grandfather from um, that 1979 season. We were undefeated. Uh, but, you, but so, but. The point is, I am going to bring two men here in, in this studio, or I'll probably have to call because I don't know if, if they'll be here uh, on the Tuesday before um, the game. If they're not, then, of course, I'll call them on, and, and they'll share with us. Uh, but they're going to give it to you from a parent perspective. I, I just had a conversation with, uh, with the, one, of, one of my friends the other day, and um, shout out to my, <laughs> man, my good friend, Harold Carmichael, former wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Six foot eight wide receiver, and Harold could just get it done. Bottom line, could do it all. Uh, I don't know if Harold blocked. <laughs> I'm not gonna say he blocked. He might have got it away a couple of times. You know, at six eight, you know, you could easily get in somebody's way. Harold called my book. Harold could just do it all. But I was having a conversation with him about his son when he was in high school playing ball, and, and how did he feel? Was he concerned about his son? He said he coached a little bit, so sometimes you get emotionally caught up and, and adrenaline is flowing. It's, you're coaching, and you're not thinking about injuries and stuff like that. But he said there's one time his son went down, and the wife, B, shout out to B too, B was a little concerned, and, uh, but everything worked out. So, but as a parent, this is all different for parents. And I just want you to hear some parents talk about it. Because we as fans, because I'm a fan now, been a fan of the game, born and raised a Hall of Fame city, y'all know, Canton. I've always been a fan of the game, but a parent, a concerned parent in the stands watching the game has a different perspective. You know, many times they watch, instead of watching the game, they might be looking at their son. He might not even be in the game. He could be on the sideline. They're looking at him. They're not looking at the play. You, you, you just never know. Now, I, I didn't do that when my son was playing high school football, but, you know, you never know. So anyway, but I, I just want, I really want to celebrate the parents is what I want to do. Because there's many times you don't hear much from the parents. And sometimes when we do, some of the parents go overboard. Uh, remember I told you about Kelsey, they want to live through their kids. I don't want that kind of parent. I want the kind of parent that is really a concern, looking out for their son for the best 
there is for him, uh, for the family as a whole, uh, for them to enjoy their son's college experience with him, for, for them to, w- whatever opportunities there are for parents to meet other parents and mix and mingle and enjoy that, getting to know people from all over the world, all over the country, uh, and come together and become a part of a team. Because you come in from different teams supporting high school teams, and now all of a sudden you're part of this new fraternity. And you got a new set of friends. It's, it's like 100 guys. You got 100 in, in high school, well, 75, let's say, in high school. You come, and in college, you got somewhere between 25 scholarships a year. So that should be about 100 different people. And uh, it's just interesting. It, it, it really is. And, and to experience a bowl game as a parent, uh, this will be the first time, of course, for uh, one of the I'm gonna, well, first time for the folks from Clemson, let me say that. And uh, the second time I know the folks from Canton, Ohio, uh, because, of course, I've talked to them. So, uh, my dear friends, I'm going to put it out there now. I'll be calling on um, Jerry Williams, son of Eric Glover Williams, and uh, Fields Jackson, uh, the son of Austin uh, uh, as uh, Austin Jackson. So, um, I'm going to look forward to that and have a conversation. Now, what I want to do, I, I just want to change things a little bit. Uh, I know I'm going to have to take a break here. Why don't I take this break? I'll come back. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about players giving up. The Jets players really give up on the coach, on themselves. We'll talk about it on the way back. You're listening to Rails Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel sports and medicine go hand in hand quite simply if you aren't up to your game health wise you won't be up to your game on the field that's where bruce the sports doc comes in dr bruce grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Living like a marriage. And I apologize. I, I, I actually went to break a little early there, um, and uh, that's my fault. Uh, I should have put those spectacles on, and I would have been able to see that I was not uh, was not keyed up for, for me to go to that break. But but let me just take the time out to 
uh, go ahead and move forward. Uh, because, again, Ohio State is extremely important to me, probably the largest alumni population. We learned recently that uh, the attendance of the students is not the largest in the country. I don't even care uh, who else is ahead of us. It's one of those kind of things. Uh, but the population, I think, still remains. Uh, Ohio State University, I think, has the largest alumni population in the country. Hmm. If, I'm not, if that's not correct, please call in. Let me know. 888-346-9144. Um, but... In the meantime, um, the New York Jets. Let me just say this. As a professional football player, you have an obligation. You have a contract. Your contract, some of it has performing bonuses within the contract that you can earn. And... But there's just a stipulation about the fact that you have to play to the best of your ability uh, to be on the team. You have to earn a spot on the team. If you earn a spot on the team, you're expected to perform. If you don't perform, then you could be released. I want everybody out there to know that there is certain amount of dollars when you sign a contract that is guaranteed. That's a lot of times your signing bonus and then your salary for the season, not all players, but some players have money that is guaranteed. Now, the fact of the matter is, there are some players that their money isn't guaranteed. Of course, the quarterback's probably got his money guaranteed. You know, probably the center, he's got some money guaranteed. Maybe a couple, you know, all pro guys got, you know, a, a large portion of their money guaranteed. But the point I want you to understand is the fact that an athlete, a professional athlete, just like an employee in any industry, can be fired. He can be fired after the game. As a matter of fact, I think there was a player who had an incident recently uh, that they found out about it, and he was fired at practice. I mean, you can come in at practice. There's no shame in my game. I actually, when I when I got cut, cut and fire is the same thing. In, in sports, we like to say cut. Same thing. We got fired. I got I got fired at lunchtime. Hell, before we even went out to practice, I got fired. Uh, one time when I, you know, that was when I played for the Eagles. When I played for the Browns. I came to uh, a mini camp, and after after the mini camp's over, I, I got fired. You can get for there were guys, Dick Vermeil. When I played for Dick Vermeil, uh, Dick, during the season, Carl Peterson, early on in my first couple years there, was notorious for cutting people after, after a game. You come in on Monday, and you didn't know if you were a young player, you, there's a chance that you missed a tackle on special teams. You cut. This situation with the New York Jets, let me tell you something. You can watch film. You always hear commentators talk about, you know, watching the tape. The tape is basically they're watching because the games that are broadcast on television, there's a crew for each team that films the game for the purpose of the team looking at it, reviewing it, and seeing what mistakes they made to try to correct them and what they did well for them to try to even improve on that and master that. And the things that they did wrong to understand how and why they did them and not to make those same mistakes again and then again you then you have also you have film of the team that you're playing a week in advance 
as soon as that game's over on Sunday, that Monday morning you get in, you got tape on the new team who you're playing that week. You, you watch film to prepare to see how they play. You watch everything. You see how <laughs> I, I just, I'm just trying to help everybody understand how much information is there in order to get you prepared. It's just like studying with the exception of here you watch films. You might have been back in the day, you watched a movie or you watched a video and then you were tested on what material was in there. Well, in this case, that's what you do with football film. You, you watch how the other team plays. Based upon situations, if it's third and five, third and two, first and ten, second and eight, you know, historically, you will see what they do in those situations. And so you have some idea of if it's third and five, what play they might run. So the coordinator, defensive coordinator, if you're on offense, you know, those two guys call plays, send them in to the quarterback and the middle linebacker, and they give them to the respective offensive defense. You already know when they call that defense what you're supposed to do. You've already studied film all week, and you've handed, you've got some materials either on your laptop or, or either tangible and paper you can look at, holding your hand, and it gives you a recall. Statistically, in this situation, based upon the numbers, we can predict that this is the play they might run. And so you, you, you just have that in the back of your mind registered. That doesn't tell you that they're guaranteed to run the play, but percentages show that there is a chance that they might run this play. And a guy who's done his film studies, he can tell by the foot movement, the hand movement, the head movement, the eyes, what that player is going to do. That will alert him, this is the play they're running based upon what I've seen. I've seen this before. I know what they're going to do. I'm going to react. I'm going to make a play. But i got to do something. And that's what the Jets didn't do. The Jets didn't. The coach said they got their ass beat. I'm saying they didn't do jack last night. They did absolutely nothing. Now, there's another thing. See, when you think about these, 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 these checks that they get, if, they, if it was 10 games and they got paid, you know, a million dollars, that'd be $100,000 a game. Just break it. You do the math, whatever it is. So if they got four games left or three games left, okay, they got one-sixteenth of that, whatever that money is left to earn. If, if you got five guys, you got to get rid, get rid of them. Get somebody else in there. This is not a game where people, and you don't want people out there playing that aren't giving their all because not only are they going to embarrass your team, they could get hurt. Then if they get hurt, then you got to pay them. You got to keep it, you got to put them on IR for the rest of the season. But when a coach says you got your ass kicked, a coach shouldn't have to tell you that. No, no team should play as bad as the Jets played. I, I, they just, it shouldn't happen. This is, this is a Monday night football game. Monday night football games, I talked earlier about the Rose Bowl. This is one of these things that in your life when you're done, there's a couple things in, as, a, as a professional athlete that when it's all said and done, that when you have conversations with the fellas, you talk a little bit about on a Monday night when y'all play such and such and a playoff game when you played such and such and the Super Bowl when you played or where the, where the game was at. Not everybody can talk about, you know, as the conversation escalates and the games have more importance, then 
the contribution of the players kind of drops off because some guys played in regular season games. Some guys didn't play on Monday night. Normally they only try to let the good teams play on Monday night. This Thursday night stuff, we got to get rid of this Thursday night. But anyway, Monday night, you talk about that because it's the only game on. You are representing the product. You're the reason why there's justification in paying players millions of dollars. Because you busting your, this is your chance to show the world there's no other game, no other football game. One game, Monday night, everybody's watching. And you play like that? No, coach got, somebody got to go. Somebody has to go. You, you, if, 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 even if you're not in the playoff hunt, well, now you're eliminated. The Browns have been eliminated themselves, I think, before the season started. But, no, I'm, I'm, that's just a joke, Browns. My heart is with you, will always be with you. And I'm not apologizing to anybody, that's just the way I feel. But the Jets, last year, you won 10 games. You can't come back this year and play like that. You, you, you're not, not coach. <laughs> I, 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 I got to say something about coach, too. You, you can't, your players can't show up like that. Your players can't show up as if they're not prepared to play, mentally or physically. Some aspect of that is your responsibility. You have to get your team ready. A coach's re- that's a coach's job, is to get his team prepared to go into a battle against another team and to win. The effort, the win, you, 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 you're, you have to be a motivator. You have to motivate your team mentally and physically. You got to make sure, okay, guys, we're on national TV. Everybody's watching this week. We need some extra reps in the weight room. You know, get in here, get treatment. Make sure your body's healthy and everything. Run a couple extra laps. You know, we, got, we can't look tired in the fourth quarter. We got to put forth a little extra effort. There's got to be something special. You got to accept Monday night football, a dream of an athlete to have the opportunity to play, and you show up like that. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And the coach, the fact that coach wasn't able to get them ready, Todd, I, I just know you, you could do better than that. It, 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 that team has to show up. They, they can't, you know, they, the coach aren't that good. It's one of those things whereas, should the job be in jeopardy after a second year? No. Should Jeff Fisher's job, oh, did I say Jeff Fisher? Oh, man, wow. Okay, should Todd Bowles' job be up, you know, after one, after two years? I don't think that's enough time. I think what's happened is the reverse should have happened. It would have been better for him to lose this many games last year and win 10 games this year. That would, that, that would show that he's getting better. But there's some inconsistency going on right now. And, and, and Fitzpatrick, is a, you, you got to get a quarterback. Listen, Brandon Marshall's a good receiver. Brandon's a very, very good receiver. But Brandon needs some help. You, you know, and this thing about the fact that you're tight end only catches like eight passes this year or eight passes last year and seven this year. The, I, at the end of the, I forget if he even caught any at the end of the game. He might have you know, caught more, so he may be pass. But what the hell is a, a tight end not a part of your passing game? For the life of me, the coordinator needs to be fired. It's like having five fingers and only using four. It, it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
talk about that a little bit later too. But th this is crazy. You, you, you just cannot go in with an offense and, and the defense can say, well, you know what, guys? When it's a passing play, the, the, the tight ends in the game don't even worry about him. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, we're, we're not even going to put a man on him. If he comes into your zone, just act as if he's not even there. Because they're not going to throw the ball to him. I dare them to throw the ball to him. You know, it's like, when, it's like put Shaq on the foul line. <laughs> you know, let, let Shaq shoot the foul. That, that's how, it's one of those kind of things. It's like, okay, well, let the tight end run out there. And, okay, see if they throw the ball to him. They're not. Eight, eight times, eight catches, seven catches in a season. I don't know how many times he's targeted, but that's ridiculous. You, you've got to bring your coordinator in and sit him down and say, okay, hold on. Did you forget that we have a tight end that is eligible to catch a pass? It's actually permitted in the rules and regulations of the National Football League. Do, do you know that? Because I don't think you do. Because we're not throwing the ball to him. He's not part of our offense. That's coaching. We, we can hold the coaches accountable for that. That means the other team, when they're preparing for you, they're saying, don't even worry about the tight end. I can't believe that they even mentioned that on you know, Monday Night Football or on the Big Boy Show earlier this morning as I was doing some of my research to get prepared for this. I, I can't believe that I heard that. Do you know that that player you, you know, gets paid millions of dollars and they only had to catch the ball? That's like being in the secondary and saying that, you know, you can play the pass, but if, if the ball comes your way, you can make a business decision and the running back has it, you don't have to tackle him. You, you don't, you don't, tackling is not part of your, not, not the running game. You don't have to play the run, just play the pass. Although you're on the field, <laughs> because that's what they're telling this guy. You don't have to worry about catching the ball, just worry about blocking or being a decoy. And how can you be a decoy if we don't throw the ball to you? What is that? If for no reason whatsoever, Todd needs to go to his offensive coordinator and say, you're done. You can't, we, can't, we got a person that's eligible. We might as well put a 70 number on him because he's not 60 because he, he's, he's, he doesn't even need to report. That's ridiculous. And to ask somebody like Tony Gonzalez, you know, ask somebody like that and see, see, what, see what he tells you. Are you serious? Ask somebody like Ozzie Newsom, who's the GM, Hall of Fame tight end. Really? I mean, ask those guys. Ask Tom Brady. Hey, Tom, uh, what do you think about, um, you know, just taking the tight end out of the offense? Mm, you know, like they're not even, they can't even catch a pass. They're, they're not even eligible anymore. What do you think about that? Really? <laughs> even though Gronk is hurt, uh, I hope his back surgery went well. But come on, man. It's ridiculous. So, the, and the effort of the Jets, the, that's the bottom line. Let me get back to because I got to take a break here pretty soon. The efforts of every player on that team, Brandon Marshall, who I, who's been known to go off, he's the true leader of that team. It's time, Brandon, get your fellow, run him out of town, man. Call him out. Call yourself out. First, stand up and say, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to finish the season out. And then I'm going to challenge the rest of you. Because if nothing else, we can spoil somebody else's chances because that's what they do now. They finally got to the point now where the games matter. And so because the games matter now, the next few games they play, somebody's going to be in the playoff hunt. And they've got a chance to spoil their chances of making the playoffs. So guess what? That means that 
them, like you, will be home watching the playoffs. But you got a chance. You got a chance to do something. Spoil somebody else's chances of going to the playoffs. But you got to play your ass off the rest of the season because guess what? You want to come back next year because that money, some of that money is guaranteed, you're going to get it. The money that's not guaranteed, you may not get it. You want your money or not? We're going to take a break and come back. You listen to Rail the Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Music, you know the show. It's the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, let me just, you know, what matters to me, of course, the Ohio State University will be playing Clemson and the Fiesta Bowl. But let me just, let me just say something. I'm not a hater. Okay, uh, there's a school up north. They produce a lot of great football players uh, out of college, and they go on to play professional football. Play one of my best friends in life, Phil Hubbard. Played basketball, Olympic gold medalist, uh, NBA coach for a number of years, from the Hall of Fame city, played high school basketball together from that school up north. But I'm just going to take the time out. And before I get into that, let me just say this. Super Bowl I would love to see right now. And I, you know, Raiders, one of my favorite teams growing up as a kid, I'm telling you right now. Um, Dallas Cowboys had one of my first teammates that I played for played with at the Ohio State University. Ron Springs go there. God bless his soul. Rest up in heaven. Uh, go there. And, and so, and, um, and I always was a Tony Dorsett fan. But Super Bowl, I would love to see because I think it's good for the country. Because I, I just think, I don't know, there's a bad guy in what they call America's team. But the Raiders and the Cowboys, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm going to throw it out right now. I didn't do it at the beginning of the season or anything like that. I'm just saying based upon what I see right now, and what would be good for football right now, the Raiders and the Cowboys would be a great Super Bowl. Now, let me go on to say something. Obviously, it'd be a great Super Bowl, but something's missing from that. 
And that is the best player to ever play the position of quarterback in the history of the football, of football. And, and that is the National Football League. I got to give up to Tom Brady. Now he's got everything. He, he, he's got all the records. He's, he's, he's the man. Most of the records. But just think about it. He's got the wins, all pro seasons. He's got the rings. And, uh, you know, if, if you think about players, I mean, a lot of the other guys that, as an example, I think if you look at Joe Montana, who, who probably is the one quarterback that the people were saying was Tom as good as Joe. And, and it's probably, you know, Joe had rings. Tom has rings. Uh, there's some other quarterbacks that perhaps maybe their talent and their abilities, they may have been, they may have had a stronger arm than Tom. They could, maybe they could throw the ball longer than he could. Uh, maybe had, uh, their spiral was prettier than his spiral. Uh, maybe they were more mobile than Tom was. But this man is a winner. That's the bottom line. He, he's won and continues to win. I doubt that anybody that Tom has thrown the ball to, even Dan Marino, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback who never won a Super Bowl, um, I don't know if Dan, Dan had some all-pro wide receivers. Mark, Mark and Mark. Mark Clayton and Mark Duper, I mean, phew, some of the best to ever played the game. I, I don't know why they're not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know, but they've got some numbers to show that. Uh, and it, maybe it was abbreviated careers, maybe not real long careers, but that's okay. They, they put up some serious numbers. Tom has, you know, with the exception of Gronk, you know, great tight end. Um, you know, not, not a great running game. Great running back, no Hall of Fame running backs, uh, no Hall of Fame. You might have had a Hall of Fame tight end in Gronk if he'd have stayed healthy. Uh, I don't know if Tom's going to have anybody that, that was really, I mean, really, if you think about it, who is, the, is there a superstar other than Tom Brady really on that team? That's a great, great player, and Tom has been there for a long time. He and Coach Belichick, and I, and I, I like Coach. I think, and I don't know him well. I've met him. I've had a conversation with him once in my life, but I've watched the man coach. Uh, I just like the way he's about his business. Uh, that man that you see at those press conferences, that, that's not him. Uh, I like the way he handles his business. I like the way people play for him. That's, I'm, I'm just, I just got finished talking to you about Ty Bowles up there in, with the Jets, and his team is lethargic. Last night, that, that doesn't happen with Bill Belichick. His team shows up. They're ready to play all the time, all the time. There is something special about special coaches. They have a way of getting the best out of them. They can take a player. Whatever talent you have, if you want to somehow display that talent on the football field, he'll put you in a position that you can shine, and you're going to help the team. That's one thing about New England, too. They're, they're not about superstars. With exception, I did say something about uh, an all-pro. <laughs> Please forgive me. Uh, Brother Moss, uh, Randy Moss, no doubt about it. Okay, one of the greatest of all time. I take him, just 
flip a coin. Somebody else and Randy Moss. Oh, I'll take Randy. I'm good. Okay, you got him. I got, I got Randy. I don't even care who him is. I will take Randy on my team. Okay, so I, I apologize, sir. Please accept my apologies. I'm apologizing for that one. <laughs> Uh, but 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 other than that, this, this again, this is a great. And I, I'm not gonna go to the ownership of Mr. Kraft and all that type of stuff because a, a lot of times an own ownership, well, because you have the the money, that's you know, that's part of the collective bargaining agreement. You're, so you what you're doing with the money? That, that okay, it's a pool of money that's there. It's your GM and those people who who are making decisions, who are scouting who are finding talent. So, so maybe I'm going to give you credit for bringing in a GM um, who's able to find talent. Um, but I, I think the nucleus was something that Bill Belichick, you know, uh, was, was able to bring together and hold together. And, I, I, of course, Tom, is, <laughs> Tom and Bill, was that's got to be it. Tom and Bill and then Josh McDaniels, of course, as the offensive coach, offensive quarterback coach. I think it's those three. That combination, because you know when Josh left, you know, it didn't work out with him in Denver. He came back. You know, Tom had missed him. Uh, how many times do you get to do that? I mean, I certainly understand him, you know, embracing him and bringing him back. I certainly understand that. But who gets to do that? It's got to be something special about you. And, um, n you know, no harm, no foul. They, they brought him back. But uh, I, I think so. I, I really think you know Tom being the greatest of all time. I, I think I know he'll talk about at some point in time his relationship with Josh McDaniels. I know he'll talk about his relationship with with uh, Bill Belichick. I know he's going to mention the owner because he has to. I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong. Uh, there are some people who the owners of their companies they never even meet them. They've never met them. They've never met the CEO. But that's one thing about sports, it's small, it's intimate, and you get to know people. Tom gave him a pound on his way into the locker room at halftime. But we, we got to give it up to Tom Brady. Uh, the man is special. Uh, he's good for the game of football. Whether if you, if you love to hate him or hate to love him, however you want to say it, uh, he's good for football. If you're going to play a football game and you're playing against Tom Brady, you know your team better bring it because chances are it's going to make you look real bad. You cannot come in not prepared. I don't care where your weakness is. Tom Brady will find it. He will find it. He will exploit your weakness. So give it your best. Somebody this year, though, I have to say this. I don't see New England making it to the Super Bowl. They've got a couple injuries with some people. It's hard to replace. But for them, it's been position, production. They've gotten it. They've found the people. They've made a way to make it happen. It'll be brilliant. Coach Belichick, if he's able to do it again this year. Of course, I see them in the playoffs, but I don't see them in the Super Bowl game. I see them in the playoffs, but I don't see them at the Super Bowl in Houston. Okay, just want to remind you, I will have Phil Jack, Phil Jackson, Jerry Williams as guest in a couple weeks, talk about their sons playing ball what it's like to play in that bowl game. They'll be experiencing fields for the first time. And uh, Jerry was here last year uh, for the Fiesta Bowl when the Ohio State University uh, took it to that team called Notre Dame. And there's something out there. I will talk about that a little bit maybe next show. Uh, Catholics and convicts. Really? Are you serious? 
You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.